Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 238. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we'll continue on in our study of the so-called minor prophets, and we'll pick up on the book of Micah. So, unless you're driving, turn to the book of Micah. Little explanation about Micah. Micah, uh, the timeline of his writing is from 750 to about 710 BC. Uh, so, in other words, during that time frame, the northern kingdom will have, uh, will have fallen, you'll recall, in 722 to the Assyrians. And uh, the, uh, the southern kingdom is being uh, threatened uh, during that time frame uh, by, our, by the, uh, the Babylonians there. So Micah is, as I mentioned, he's a contemporary of Isaiah. You'll recall that uh, Isaiah has several uh, different uh, parts to it. So uh, probably the part of Isaiah chapters 1 through 39 would be the time frame that uh, they're, they're speaking about the same things, okay? Um, so let's dive into that. We see similar themes uh, that, uh, hey, God is going to punish us because we talk because we we uh, didn't trust him. Uh, you know, we looked for all of these other protections; they didn't happen. We have not been faithful to God, and so God is going to punish us. But also, we will see another common theme: is yes, while God is going to punish us, yes, we deserve to be punished. Yes you know, we are going to be hauled away and bad things are going to happen to us. Um, God is always with us and we are grateful for God's protection or else it would have been even worse. So uh, that said, dive into the text there. Chapter one, uh, the word of the Lord came to Micah of Moresheth in the days of, and it, it mentions three kings, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Uh, if you want to uh, underline those three kings, you can read about those if you like. Um, underline those three kings, and in your margins, write Second Kings chapter 15, 16, and 18 through 20. And those same kings are also explained in Second Chronicles, chapters twenty-seven through thirty-two. Okay, so uh, again, think of the Bible as a bunch of puzzle pieces that can easily be fit—I won't say easily, but can be fit together. So, if you want to know who these kings are, you know, I've just given you uh, scriptural references where you can read more about their their reigns, R E I G N S, and uh, you know what was going on at the time. So uh, it says that uh, Micah received uh, visions concerning Samaria, that's meaning the northern kingdom, you know, the northern ten tribes, and Jerusalem, really meaning the Judah, the southern kingdom, the, the two other tribes there. Okay. Uh, and he says in verse 5, the crime of Jacob, 
No, not not the man Jacob. Jacob, uh, of course, is representing the the people of you know the Jewish people, right? The crime of for the crime of Jacob, that is to say, the crime of all the Jewish people. All this has come to pass, and what does it uh, come to pass? Well, we see that uh, um, verse six. Uh, I will make Samaria, in other words, the northern kingdom, a stone heap in the field, a place to plant for uh, vineyards. So, in other words, uh, bad stuff's going to happen, right? It's going to be a heap of stones. And that, in fact, does happen, you'll recall, in 722 BC when the Assyrians uh, totally uh, take over the northern kingdoms there. Uh, he refers to the, the nations, as, uh, those two nations, as a harlot. Why? Because they prostituted themselves to other gods, um, you know, at, at different times. You know, there was even temple prostitution and things of that nature. Um, so they're going to get it. That's kind of what the rest of uh, chapter one of the book of Micah is saying. He ends chapter 1, verse 16. Make yourself bald. Pluck out your hair uh, for the children whom you cherish. Um, you know, shaving your head back then was a sign of mourning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. So if you were mourning, you shaved your head. So that's kind of what he's saying. Okay, mourn because of all these things have happened. And what were some of the things that were done? Social evils, chapter 2. Uh, woe to those who plan iniquity and work out evil on their couches. Um, coveting fields, uh, seizing houses, uh, cheating, you know, etc. And um, so that's kind of chapter chapter 2 then. Uh, chapter 3 talks about the leaders of Israel and, uh, of course, the southern kingdom as as well. Um, the, the leaders, he, he says, they eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from them and break their bones. They chop them in pieces. So, you know, they really, uh, you know, abused their own people, you know, perhaps overdue taxation, corruption in government. We don't have anything like that today, do we? So he's he's bemoaning the bad shape of uh, of the uh, you know the morality of of the people and they're turning away from God and of course the corruption of the uh, the leaders, poor leadership there. Uh, so now we're on to chapter four of Micah. Um, but yet, he says the people are to be restored. That's kind of the theme of chapter four, uh, verse one. In days to come, the mount of the Lord's house shall be established higher than the mountains. It shall rise high above the hills and peoples shall stream to it. By the way, that is identical to Isaiah chapter two, verses two through four. So you may choose to underline uh, chapter 4, verse 1, and next to that, write in your margins, identical to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. And, uh, you know, as we said, um, Micah was a contemporary of Isaiah.
So again, we see this common theme. Hey, we're going to get it. We deserve it. But yet God will ultimately uh, rescue us. Okay. And, um, you know, we, they shall, we shall, uh, God will, verse three, God will judge between many peoples and impose terms on strong and distant nations. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. Uh, one nation shall not raise the sword against another. Um, and uh, so um, the nations that fight against God's people uh, ultimately will stop. And um, he, he says uh, in verse 7, I will make of the lame a remnant. Uh, that's a common uh, word in the Old Testament. Take uh, verse 7 of chapter 4 and underline the words a remnant. Because one thing that's always promised is, hey, a lot of people are going to fall away. A lot of people are going to, apost going to apostatize their faith. And yet there will always be a remnant who will follow God and God will be faithful to, to them. Um, and uh, he says, I'll make of the lame a remnant and of those driven far off a strong nation. Now realize that um, in the in the six uh, hundreds there, um, close to the five hundreds, uh, the people of the southern kingdom are also gradually going to be hauled off to uh, to Babylon, right? And so um, he he says specifically in verse ten, the second part of verse ten in chapter four, to Babylon shall you go. There shall you be rescued. There shall the Lord redeem you from the hand of your enemies. So that's a pretty good promise, right? Now, uh, how about a New Testament uh, reference? Let's look at chapter 5. Okay. And <clears throat> he's saying in the future, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathath, <laughs> You know, that would be like Bethlehem is a town and Ephrathath is maybe like a county or something. Uh, but you, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from old. Well, we know that Christ is is co-eternal with the Father, right? So um, he lived in this uh, on this earth for only 33 years, but... He is uh, co-eternal with the Father. He always was, right? And so um, what I want you to do is underline verse 1 through 4, okay? And next to that, in your margins, after you've underlined verse 1 through 4 of chapter 5 of Micah, uh, write Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, where there's a quote there, you know, hey, this is the guy you were looking for back in Micah in the 700s BC. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. So the wise people who knew their scripture at the time of Christ should have known that Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem. And hence the Matthew chapter 2 verse 6 verse. 
uh, you know, but uh, which which quotes, in fact, uh, Micah chapter five, verse verse one. And what about this guy who's going to come, you know, 700 years later? Um, he shall stand firm. This is verse three of chapter five. He shall stand firm and shepherd his flock. So who is Jesus Christ? He's the good shepherd, right? Uh, he shall stand firm and shepherd his flock by the strength of the Lord in the majestic name of the Lord his God. And they shall remain, for now his greatness shall reach to the ends of the earth. He shall be peace. Okay. And so what kind of pieces will Jesus bring? Not peace in the sense that there will not be any wars between human beings, but he, he's bringing us internal peace, knowing that um, we can have eternal life with him in heaven where there are no wars. Okay, in this earth, sorry, you know, there's going to be wars, right? But uh, we, we have the peace of knowing our eternal state should we remain uh, in our walk with Christ, okay? And uh, so it says in chapter 5, verse 6, the remnant of Jacob, in other words, the faithful Israelites, shall be in the midst of many peoples. So, you know, Jews and Christians uh, 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 will intermingle. And um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 in the New Testament says, all believers um, are children of Abraham, right? So we are kind of grafted onto the same uh, branch, if you will. Okay, chapter 6, um, he, he says that, um, you know, the, the people... Um, you know, the do, um, well, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, the, uh, do what the Lord requires of you. Only do the right and to love goodness and to walk humbly with your God. Um, but instead, what do the people do? Verse 16, you have kept the decrees of Omri. If you're wondering about that, you can underline it. Uh, Omri is described in 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 25 and 30, um, and all the works of the house of Ahab. Okay, who are these guys? Uh, well, it's described in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 25 and 30. It says, these kings did more evil than all the kings who preceded them. So he's saying... Um, hey, you know, uh, guys, our nation is going to be delivered up to ruin because uh, of all of the evil, right? And, you know, he's talking about corruption in chapter 7. The judge is had for a price. Uh, the great man speaks as he pleases, you know. Um, now, here's a great wall plaque. And if you've seen it uh, somewhere else before, it's because if you think you've seen it somewhere else before, it's because you have. I really, really, really want you to underline uh, Micah chapter 7, verse 7. But as for me, 
I will look to the Lord. I will put my trust in God, my Savior. My God will hear me. That's a great wall plaque. So if you're looking to cover up a, you know, a hole in your wall, get a wall plaque that says uh, Micah chapter 7, verse 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will put my trust in God, my Savior. Uh, my God will hear me. Um, and if it sounds familiar, well, we already looked at a verse like that long ago when we were looking at the book of Joshua. Uh, this is virtually the same as Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. But as for me, uh, I will serve the Lord, right? So Micah is borrowing a little bit from uh, way back when in, in Joshua, right? And we see that uh, the good shepherd in verse 14 of chapter 7, uh, shepherd your people with your staff. And then there's kind of a praise uh, of God in verse uh, 18 and on. Who is there like you, the God who removes guilt and pardons sin for the remnant of his inheritance, who does not persist in anger forever, but delights rather in clemency uh, and will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our guilt. Um, you will cast into the depths of the sea all of our sins. You will show faithfulness to Jacob, that is to say the nation of Israel, and grace to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. So once again, we see this pattern. The prophet says, hey, we're doing all these bad things. We're trusting the wrong people. We're not walking with God. Bad stuff's going to happen to us because of that. But even though we deserve all of this, thanks be to God, because we know that ultimately he's going to be there for the remnant of us that continues to walk with the Lord and trust him. And that was the message then, and that is the message for us today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we have our own tough times. We have, uh, we have walked away from you at times, and perhaps paid the cost of it uh, at the time, or, or perhaps later. But uh, we have our troubles. But just as as uh, as Micah is is telling his people, um, if if we'll be faithful, and if we will trust you and walk with you, we know that you have a plan for us as individuals, as a nation, and that you are always walking with us. You you may not give us a lighter burden but you may give us a stronger back. Um, and so uh, we know that ultimately, whatever problems we're going through on earth will end, but our eternal life with you will not. And so we thank you that we can trust you in, in those promises. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.